This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, September 22nd. I'm Virginia Allen. On today's show, Doug Blair is back with us. He's sitting down with George Martinez, the spokesperson and director of coalitions for the Libre Institute. They talk about conservative Spanish language media. Let's go ahead and dive into their conversation. My guest today is George Martinez, spokesperson and director of coalitions for the Libre Initiative in the state of Texas. George, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. It's it's great having you on. And I'm so interested about this topic today because there has been so much discussion about bringing Latinos into the conservative coalition. So before we get sort of into the meat of things, I want to know a little bit about what you guys are. So what is the Libre Initiative and what are you guys trying to do? Well, first of all, the Libre Initiative was founded in 2011 by our founder and president, Daniel Garza. He worked in the Bush administration, and uh, he uh, currently lives in Mission, Texas. That's also where I live, which is in the Rio Grande Valley, where all the action is at right now. And uh, basically, we were originally founded to spread the message of economic freedom within the Hispanic community. And throughout the years, we've definitely expanded our portfolio and what we do. And now, you know, we really... We still have that message, but we want to see the U.S. Hispanic community prosper mm. and and thrive. So we talk about uh, principles of limited government, the rule of law, sound money supply, uh, property rights, when it comes to policy and informing the community on those policies that improve our lives. Right. Well, one of the things that struck me when I was reading about the Libre Initiative is a lot of those things that you mentioned don't really seem specific to the Latino community. It's kind of everybody, white, black, anything in between. Does that sort of imply that Latinos are just like every other American? Yeah, you know, the, the message doesn't change. It's it's the messages of, of uh, freedom, mm-hmm. of uh, family and and values of, of, of life and, and God, right? And so that is, is a message that is the same, but we have a specific target audience that is a Hispanic community, and we've been doing it since the beginning, 11 years now. I've been fortunate to be a part of Libre for 10 years mm-hmm. um, and to see the growth of where we've been. And not only that, but to see the exciting changes that we are now seeing when it comes to uh, the policy changes and, and the policy champions we, we want to see. What does that look like to reach out specifically to Hispanic communities? Is it Spanish language outreach? Is it speaking to particular countries' values? What does it look like? There's multiple, right? So you're going to do English, you're going to do Spanish, whatever the audience needs, right, to to reach out to that demographic. So you have first generation, which mostly is Spanish speaking only. You have second, third, and then that's mainly English speaking. So it just depends. Um, But we really hire uh, our staff that they're from the community. We're not a a flying organization Mm -hmm. where we, we take someone from, you know, somewhere else and plant them there. It's really authentic grassroots community building. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think a lot of conservatives get confused by is the seeming social conservatism of Latino uh, Americans who maybe come and they have these values. Like you mentioned, they're God-fearing. They have like you know traditional family structures, but they continuously vote for the left. They vote for Democrats. Why is that happening? I think uh, for many generations— and you've seen this even from the 60s, the the left has done a really good job of reaching out to the Hispanic community, whereas the right was just not there. They were absent. And uh, over the last decade, there's been a a shift in in reaching out. What we have to do as just anybody that's out there that wants to inform the community, doesn't matter what party you are, what affiliation, um, this is, 
you you want to get people where they are at, meet with them where they are at, mm-hmm. talk to them about the issues that matter to us. How can we improve our lives? And and when you start doing that, you start making inroads. You start building trust. And the Hispanic community, it's very hard to to build that trust and maintain it. So you can't come in during election season and and say you're for the Hispanic community and then November 9th you're out the door. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. That's not authentic. So Libre is uh, 24/7 365. We are in communities throughout the country and and we're not going away after election day. That's we're still there to inform the community on on policy, remove barriers as well that uh, that we want to help the communities. And we do that through our, our 501c3 uh, or organization. Mm-hmm. So you are embedded in these communities. You're working with particular members on the ground. What are they saying about the direction of the country? Are Latinos more or less uh, maybe hopeful about the direction the country is going in? I could tell you that at first it was, it was difficult, right? Because we after many years and generations, you know, my grandma voted Democrat. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm going to vote Democrat. Or, or whatever party. And um, I can tell you my parents had voted Democrat uh, most of their lives, too. They were like, well, the Democrats are for the, the poor and, and, and therefore to help us. And, and, but as we've gotten older, uh, more educated as well, my family, they, they uh, worked hard so that I could pursue my dreams as well. And we worked in, in the fields. Um, I got to experience that as well. And, and it's not the life that, you know, I don't know of any mother that – has a child and says, I want my son or daughter to work in the fields. Right. Like, hey, that's tough work. I've done it and it's it's hard, but it really taught me a, a lot of life lessons. And and I know that my parents had dreams for me, so they sacrificed so that I can reach my goals. So back to your point, I think that um, what we're seeing now is that we had f- uh, a, a good four years of, of policies that really limited the growth of government that reduced taxes and and that is something where especially in texas and when we saw energy um, jobs increase we depend a lot on that Mm. and so there was a lot of growth we started seeing wages increase 401ks increase and then you go to the policies that we have now where we're seeing more government handouts that's taxpayer money people are seeing the rise of inflation now people are starting to realize oh, um, this isn't good for me. And Libra has been doing a lot of uh, campaign events. By, by campaign, I mean uh, we have a, a campaign called the True Cost of Washington mm-hmm. uh, Tour. And we've been able to go around the country, specifically for me in Texas, uh, meet with people, um, usually Spanish-speaking only, about uh, inflation, talk to them about inflation and why we have inflation, but also hear their stories and how they are struggling. And it is a real need. So when you have President Biden saying that inflation is not a big deal, that it's it's the same it was last month, um, I, I mean, he, he's out of touch. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it sounds as if there is a, a shift happening in this particular community. You mentioned the Rio Grande Valley, obviously, where we are seeing a, a monumental change from uh, a certain voting pattern to a new voting pattern. As somebody that is based out of there and is, is able to sort of tell us, you know, what it's like there. What does it look like on the ground? What does that shift actually look like? So it wasn't overnight. Um, before 2020, there was no other organization like ours there. It was just us. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just saying that to show that it takes many years to get to where we are at today and, and what we want to build towards the future. 
So it was a lot of education, like I said, on the policy. We had a lot of community events, fun events as well. It wasn't always just on policy. Like, you know, that could be boring to some people. Right. So we, we want to have a good time and, and also um, talk a little bit about our message. So what people are seeing now and where they're at, people are ready to, um, I think people are going to be surprised and outside of our area, but what I'm seeing and hearing People want to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's not just in the Rio Grande Valley. You're seeing that across the country. Across the country, specifically uh, for me, because I'm, I'm in, based in Texas. I can tell you Texas. But where all eyes are at right now, South Texas, where I'm from, mm-hmm. um, that's I think we'll, we'll be uh, seeing some, some changes there because people now can see what good policy looks like and how it improves my life and how what bad policy looks like and how that messes up our lives. Right. Well, that's actually a great point because it almost – begs the question, is this going to stick? I think a lot of people are curious whether or not this realignment seems to be something that's permanent or if it seems to be based on possibly former President Trump, if that's sort of the glue holding this coalition together. I've long said that it wasn't a character that people were voting for. It was the policies. Mm -hmm. And we will probably see that here in November in seven weeks that um, people are voting based on policy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we are uh, also kind of concerned about here, too, is that we're going to divide Hispanic into a, an identity group. So the left tends to view uh, voter blocks like blacks, Asians, Latinos in certain services as just an identity monolith. Is there a risk sometimes of saying we're going to push Hispanic policies or we're going to push for the Hispanic voter? Or is it uh, a useful way of sort of describing this block of voters? I think it's a useful way to describe voters. I mean, it's it exists. It is what it is. But Libre is not pushing for Hispanic policy. We are pushing for policies that benefit all. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at our mission statements, is you know we want to improve the lives that benefit all. So uh, we do that by by advancing generic policies that obviously are are limited in strength and in scope. Mm -hmm. What role do the different countries of origin, for example, play in reaching out to this type of voter? Because there's Venezuelans, there's Puerto Ricans, there's Cubans, all of these different, uh, what we would call Hispanics, but have such different backgrounds. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm from Mexico, Monterrey, Nuevo León. Uh, I was born there, raised in California. Unfortunately, don't feel sorry for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Oregon. I feel you. I feel you. But uh, look, I... um, I mentioned that we hire people within the community. If I were hired to, to work within the Cuban community in Florida, uh, in Miami specifically, I wouldn't do well. I don't mm-hmm. know their culture. Uh, things are different. So we hire people who are in the community that know their community. So I did really well and have done really well talking to to people from Mexico because I get it. I understand. I came here legally mm-hmm. um, and, and found uh, a way to, to prosper and f- fulfill my American dream. And I want others to do the same through through right channels. And, and, and when we talk about things like immigration and and um, and. Uh, that's you know that's obviously the big topic around immigration, but inflation and the economy, criminal justice reform, healthcare. But we definitely want to hire people and have people that know the the, the country and the values of that country. And, and if there's a specific population, that's what we want to do because we are authentic. Mm-hmm. We're like I said earlier, we, we're not a transplant group. We're not hiring someone that's from another area and bringing them in. No, immigration is something that I'm I'm curious about because it does seem like. When you think about Hispanic voters, immigration is the issue that comes to mind. But from what it sounds like you're saying, that's not really the top of mind issue. No, it's number three, number four. Usually it's what it pulls. Um, look, the the Libra Initiative has had a very common sense approach. 
And there's been uh, a lot of misconceptions out there. But one, we do need border security. I live on the border. Mm-hmm. I want my family to be safe. Right. Right. So that could look differently, though. It could be more board patrol agents. It could be more infrastructure, more technology. It could be a mixture of all of those t- combined. Mm-hmm. At the same time, just solving border security alone will not fix our immigration system. People will still find a way to come here. So we need to actually update our immigration laws, reform them so that people can actually have legal channels, legal pathways to get here. Because we want the most talented people to be able to come here, contribute to our society. Mm-hmm. And and you can't do that when you don't update the needs of our, our labor demands today. Mm-hmm. Where does wokeness and the idea of identity politics rank among the concerns in this particular voting block? Yeah, that's not, uh, I don't even think that uh, gets uh, any kind of level here. It doesn't pull. Um, I I can tell you that it's not the the number one, number two, three, four issue. Um, I I think from from what I'm seeing on the the ground, it's it's something that is against what we believe Mm -hmm. as as, uh, Hispanics. So the, the wokeness, the Latinx, it just does not work. It's, I don't like it. I know others don't like it either. Right. Well, that's the reason I, I I don't necessarily know if it it ranks as like immigration or inflation, but I I would assume that as a group that is being consciously targeted by the identity politics left, that that would sort of have an impact on the perception that Hispanic and Latino voters have of let's say the Democratic Party that is pushing that ideology. It's definitely having an impact, and and you're starting to see that people don't like it, so they're going. Uh, further away from the left. Sure. I guess there's one final question to sort of wrap things up in a little bow. What can conservatives maybe who aren't associated with Libre, who maybe don't speak Spanish, who don't have these particular connections with the Hispanic community, what can they be doing to more effectively pull these voters and these people into the coalition? Biggest thing is get to know our community, spend time with them. It's just like anybody else. We want to be able to to build a relationship, a friendly relationship, build that trust. It's it's nothing different other than making the time to spend time with them, right? Mm-hmm. And then as far as Libre, you can follow us online, look, look us up at the Libre Initiative, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole works. Mm-hmm. And, and get to know that the policies that the Libre Initiative is, is, is pushing are policies of, of again, limited government mm-hmm. and uh, of uh, pro-growth. Excellent. That was George Martinez, spokesperson and director of coalitions for the Libre Initiative in the state of Texas. George, very much appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. And thanks so much for listening to today's show with Doug Blair. We are so sad that Doug has moved on to a new opportunity in Washington, D.C., but we're loving still getting to catch some of his interviews here at The Daily Signal. Of course, if you have not done so already, please take a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We read all of those reviews as they come in. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you right here at 5 p.m. for top news. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Doug Blair, and Samantha Rank. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.